When did you and Colton Smith start roping? Uh, Colleen was our first one. How's that been, man? Man, it's crazy. That guy, uh, his horses, I, I love how he uses his horses and how, I mean, there's a lot of gain. Yeah. They're fast-footed. No downtime. Yeah, like they're moving. They got, he kind of, he creates that efficient run. Right. You can run them a little further, still shave time. Yeah, because everything just, it gets so snappy, yeah. right? Yeah, there's, you don't have much time to, to hang out. You got to be on it. So what's that like as far as a healer going when you're ramping with headers that reach and kind of yeah. like it gets a little bit slow? Like it's not slow, but a lot of rope out there. Mm -hmm. And it, they, I mean, compared to a header that he runs closer, gets them tighter. Yeah. I, I mean, it's when I say closer, it's not right. that much right, closer, right, but right. They're, they're hitting and moving fast. How does it change it up how you ride? Man, honestly, I don't have to be near as perfect on like the the guys that run closer and they set it up sharper the steers move out the front faster so i can i, I mean this is layman's terms but when schmidt ropes i can pretty much just rein in and throw right like if i'm anywhere close to the cow i can literally just push through the corner and set it down as soon as the hips go away from me there go they're your green light yeah because there's no dead time head rope hits right head starts to move and all the momentum's going in mm -hmm. the right spot it's you know it's all moving away from you so you can use that mm -hmm. and then when you heal it's like you got a big separation too because yeah. the steers really open up right, right. Big finish yeah and like the the reachers the steers don't they don't go away as fast you know there's there's a lot of guys that do it well and but a healer's definitely got to be paying attention it's not so much about being ready to rope sooner it's keeping your spacing Right. It's keeping your separation. That's huge. And that's that's where I had the biggest problem behind a lot of reachers. Do you think that's the hardest thing about healing is like riding, riding position um, and, and knowing when to enter the corner? Yeah. Yeah. When I when I first came on the scene, all I wanted to do was rope, right? Right. I just wanted to turn in and throw at the feet. That's kind of what I thought healing was. But I kind of had to reboot and figure out how to ride my horse and ride a better position man, that stuff made it a little less fun. Like, I kind of had to realize that I was getting too close, and when you take an extra swing, that's all just seconds off the clock. Right. You know, so once once you start taking extra swings, then what the ground they made up reaching, you just gave right back. Yeah, keeping everything kind of where it's out in front of you and you're mm -hmm. riding to a spot. Yeah, it's huge. When you're practicing, what do you think about those times where – you know, you obviously heal good, and you're you're coming onto the scene, right? Right. But there's times where we want to, you got to take a step back mm -hmm, and for sure, like evaluate, right? How do you try to balance working at your game but not tearing it down too much? Man, I'm I'm probably a funny one to ask about that. I uh, I spend almost all of my time like trying to trying to slow it down because like I I get to where like I I set it up. I, I, I can even set it up just okay in a run. And when I'm going to throw, I almost know I'm going to catch if I'm in time and all that. Like, all my fundamentals have been there for years. Like, I'm so confident in my in my throw that I've got a pretty good idea that I'm going to catch. So if I am if I get, like, out of whack or something, I don't really go work on it too much as far as trying to be sharper and work on one little thing. I try to just dumb it down and just slow it way down and just go back to 
open everything up, and then I really focus on like position. Right. If I'm riding my horse, then my roping should take care of itself. Yeah, get everything where it's like soft and has a like a feel. Yeah, forgiving. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. one size fits all is the words I always use. Like I try to find a just a happy medium position where if the steer does one thing. I can still react that way, but I can still react the other way if he does the opposite, you know. Yeah. And healing too, do you think them, like by going slow, practicing a lot, and does that add just a lot, like having feel and being able to control each, each maybe like the movements a little, a little easier? Is that a, is it, you think that's a key component, how a lot of guys practice now? Yeah. Um, I think it seems like a lot of guys try to get too sharp in my, in my mind. Right. And where I've where I've realized from my travels is, you know, you're you're gonna catch a lot of the steers that you're not gonna place on. You're gonna blast them, right? And you're gonna maybe win the last couple holes. But the lopers where it really counts. And yeah. those are the steers that you really gotta slow down on, just go catch. You know, just like Colleen the other night we had I mean, a great steer. almost all of them were good speed wise. And uh he was supposed to come right and I was just trying to hold him up just to hold him straight and Schmidt did a good job broke broke down the middle and all I could think about was spacing and staying away just because I knew I knew where the steer was going to hit and it was just going to be pretty dead because the steer was going slow yeah like and I, I just knew that if I got too aggressive right there and like really got on the muscle I was going to be too close and I had to take another swing and then you go from which I did I sucked downing but you go from being about should have been four five four six to being four eight missing a wrap, or then you take another swing. Then you go four nine five flat, or five, I don't know five five two. What that what that win that placed? Yeah, I I, but, I I don't know, but I I do know there's a lot of times where if you're in the middle holes like winning wise, mm -hmm. if you can make up two or three tenths one yeah. way or a half second mm -hmm. is usually a big difference. Oh, huge and huge but that that's like to me healing it's almost like a death sentence if you pull if you if your healer has he gets too like so you you've rode through the turn and you're you're getting to your spot and you get mm -hmm. too close or you're covering them up in the in the turn right it's almost it's so hard to heal them after that or it's just awkward you know you're healing them yeah. going away yeah. you, you know you miss dallies a lot of things go really bad right uh but going slow like like i hear that a lot uh, as we like do more and more video shoots with like younger guys like Peyton Ray the other day he was talking about that like a lot of the times he'll just come back slow it down and it makes the more I think about it the more I'm like man on the good horses it mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense because you're just adding feel right. and then the other thing that's really hard to do too is when we're we're competing right we're chasing you right. know and so you clear the box and I mean it's, it's different because I'm always heading but well, you know, your mental I'm, clock and all that's running, and yeah. it's it's probably running double time in in competition, honestly. But I think so many of us grew up roping, like, and we always, you know, roped the dummies. And you see little kids now; they run around with a rope in their hand all day. Well, we we always practice blasting them and going fast, you know. So I think that's the biggest thing now is slowing down to where you catch the good steers that are worth the real money. Yeah, you know, not not taking. Not fouling up an easy chance. Like, there's a lot of steers that you're going to run over the course of the year that are going to give you a chance at money. Yeah. You know, and those are the ones I feel like that are the hardest. 
Yeah, I mean, how many times do we go to Cody, Wyoming, and there'll be, if there's half enough, usually mm-hmm. 100 teamers, so there's 50 mm-hmm. steers. There's two steers in there that just load. Oh, yeah, they're going to give guys money. Yeah, and you look at it in the times, it might be like 4-5 is mm-hmm. second and 4-flat is first. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a, a real good steer with right. a lot of time you, you, to win first, and it's like an easy five thousand mm-hmm. dollars or seven thousand or whatever. You know, whatever it pays to win right. Cody or a rodeo similar to that. Right. So practicing, is there been times where you like get advice? Like for example, we're you know we're always trying to improve our mm-hmm. our game, and you get advice. But there's times where it's it's like good advice, and it makes sense, but it's hard to work on. Like you know, it almost right. like you. You struggle when you work on it. Do you have like have you had those moments roping, or how do you try to do that? Like if you if you're getting advice from a guy that you really mm-hmm. respect, that's a professional that mm-hmm. kind of has watched you compete, and then you want to work on something that he might mention right. that you need. How do you try to go about that without stepping back? Well, I kind of I'm super analytical right. like, in my head. Like I may not put it out there in the practice pin, but I've dang sure set it up in my head and I've I'll run a hundred steers in my head before I go rope you know and I can kind of see if it's going to work for me if it's going to not or where it might be tough but you know I always try to apply it like sharp right away exactly what they're talking about and then I'll try to kind of blend it yeah you know and see what see what works I usually do it on like a on a practice horse or something and just some just some medium steers. I'm not going to just go try to change something on some sharp steers that are tough to rope. Man, I love that. Because it's uh, it's real, like, you get the feel of what it's like mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And then you blend it with the feel of how you do things. Mm-hmm. Because when you're, I think when you're trying to do something, there's that, the spot in our performance where our conscious mind can do things but Mm -hmm. we really need our subconscious like it needs to be like an instinct right Right. and so you kind of got to let that take over so that's i'm huge on that like i don't i don't know how everybody else is but i don't really have it seems like i don't really have much thought process when the gates bang at the rodeo yeah it's all reaction you know i know where i'm at going down the arena and by the time the steer hits it's all fade to black right that's all i'm gonna let everything everything I've done all the way up until this point over the last my whole career you know that's going to dictate whether I catch or not it seems like yes I've got all the muscle memory and the confidence I usually don't really worry about that kind of stuff as long as I keep my spacing through the corner I usually I don't get too worried about it right that I think that's the the biggest difference I notice between when I head and heel is heading I can kind of get everything ready in the box like I kind of have my how I want to do it then it's like uh, as I'm getting my horse in the corner and he feels like he's in score we're focused on Mm -hmm. the score and then really after that it's as soon as you release you're going healing there's a little time not much but there's like as the gates kind of clear you can set up your position and kind of think through that and and really after but as soon as the turn starts, as soon as that head rope's mm-hmm. going on them, it's very, it's very reactive to yeah. me, right? Instincts, reaction, you know, there's, like I said, you kind of have a little bit of time to, to set it up. You know, if you need to change something in the run, you have to do it now, yeah. you know, 
and then it'll all fall together after that. But one little adjustment can be the difference in, like you said, Cody Wyoming going four five or four flat. Right. So do you struggle with confidence at all? How do you deal with that? Man, man, I'm probably, I, I might be a lot different than everybody, but like I've got a couple guys who live at the house that I always talk to them. I'm like, you've, you've accomplished a lot getting here, you know, getting all the way to where we are right now. Right. And so that's kind of where I leave my confidence level. It's like, I've built it to what I am now and I find my confidence and I recreate my confidence on every run off of that. You know, if I have, I have a bad day or a bad weekend, you know, this last weekend I burned the crap out of my hands and couldn't dally and it was bad, but like, I feel like I didn't have an issue for the last few years coming into it. So I was like, well, you know, maybe I tweak one or two things, but it doesn't really hurt my confidence. You know, it, I'm not worried about it. It doesn't tear me down. Right. So like, and I think over the summer, we don't get to practice a whole lot. That's kind of where I started that theory. It's like, I just leave it into what I've done, what I've accomplished. And <clears throat> I've put in the work, done the practice, you know, everything feels good. It's simple, you know? So a couple bad days or a few bad steers or even a, a bad year, bad summer, whatever. I really try hard to just remember what I've done and, and stay hooked that way. You know, it's easier because those are, those are hard facts. You know, yeah. that's the past. That's what's been done. You know, it's hard to be confident off of just the, the recent past, you know, but if you stack that recent past against what's built up to it, it really not really, uh, not even a ripple, you know? Yeah. And, and confidence is one of those things. It's like you can be confident and struggle mm -hmm. or you could be winning and not confident. It's, Absolutely. it's, it's, it's a choice that you have mm -hmm. now. If you get too result oriented, oh man, it can get huge. It can get bad fast. Yeah. So like dealing with slumps, rodeoing, things like that, like mm -hmm. it, it happens, mm -hmm. right? How do you try to get out of slumps? <laughs> man, um, that's a tough one. I kind of I try to keep it light. You know, I don't I don't like to break it down and get too too invested in it as far as conversation about. You know, every steer, because that's what happens. You start breaking it down into every steer. And I just, like, coming out, trying to trying to keep from making those mistakes again, I try to keep it real, real simple as far as mechanics. Like, I don't think it's all strung together. I think there's some bad luck that's happened, you know, or, because no two steers are the same. You, you know that. Right. So I, I'll look at the mechanics of it. What happened to create that? What did we do to create that outcome? And if it's chalked up to the steer, then I don't let it affect my confidence or, or anything going into the, like that kind of side of it. So as long as I keep the mechanics broke down, I, uh, I don't feel like I, it's hard to say that I don't get in a slump because everyone gets in slumps, but I don't let myself kind of think that it's a slump. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's always a, something you can tweak to get out of it. Or if you're, if you're, this is what I always kind of say, I laugh and just say, you know what, you know what we need to do? We need to draw better. Right. That's kind of where I start. I'm like, if we're messing up the lopers every time, you know, that maybe qualifies as a slump, but then we know it's a mechanics thing. We can just slow it down and, and go back to the basics. We've done this. We've team roped for forever. We know how to complete the course. So I think if we, if you just slow it down right there, just go back to catching the loper 
then everything kind of starts building. And when you say focus on your mechanics, is that is that something you start with in the box? Like, do you have like a similar thought process that you try to just duplicate each time you're running the box or kind of that, that game plan or how do you manage your like emotions or how do you manage your mind is how do you manage your mind mm. in the box? Man, I used to not, be, <clears throat> I used to not be very good at this. Right. I used to, I used to back in the box and, and, uh, well, I guess in like, uh, coming through high school, I headed all the way up until high school. Then coming through high school, I struggled with a little bit of confidence because it was new to me, yeah. you know. And I learned how to rope the feet a long time ago when I was a kid, Brandon Calf and all that. But then it became a riding thing and riding position. So, like, the confidence started to build as the more I went into it. But, like, when I got – now when I'm back in the box, it's the same kind of deal. Like, I know what I've done coming to it. And I know if I get a – a decent enough start. I know I'm riding good horses. You know, I know that all I got to do is get to the cow, keep my spacing in the corner and rope. Right. Like I, I try to keep it so simple to where nothing else really gets in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's easy to let other things come in or like, I mean, it, it can snowball really fast and get out of control yeah. is what, how I feel like it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about these good horses, you you <laughs> like to. Uh, how old are you now? I'm 25. 25. Grew mm -hmm. up in California, right? Yep. And you've been coming out to Texas for the winter. Since I was 19, 19, 18 or 19. Did you buy a place over here? No, I I don't own the place. I moved out to a place. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, do you train a lot of your own horses, or how do you try to put your heel horses together? Man, we uh we've gotten lucky. We've raised them and. It's been a long, drawn-out process, but we uh, I took the, my good bay, Max. I took him to college, and I didn't really plan on rodeoing. I had a good roan, that, uh, a red roan that I rode for a while, and he's he's one of those really athletic, strong, flashy types, like real broke. Right. And he's got a lot of buttons, but he got hard to ride, and I had this little kind of spindly-legged bay that you know wasn't really much but i'd run a lot of steers i'm afraid to admit how many steers i used to run on them in a day but um i used to run a lot of steers on them and i just it's i try to keep it so simple in my head like i literally one day was like man i i ride this horse all day and i rope a lot of steers and i run six on this other horse and it's a battle to just ride him perfect you know, he does a lot of cool stuff. He'll slide around the corner and just lay on the heel rope and finish fast, whatever. But he's it's hard to recreate that, you know, especially on a stronger steer. Yeah. And I was like, man, I've I've run a lot of steers and I haven't missed on this this little this little bay. You know, he's just trying his butt off all day long. And to him, running that many steers is literally like nothing. He just thinks that's the day. Right. And he's easy. You know, put your hand down and just kick around there and rope. And then I, I kind of started to move towards him because I realized that I caught more steers on him. Right. And this game is catching steers. So that's kind of how I started doing it. And then I watched a lot of the, the greats. You know, you see them at every jackpot out here. And you start to put together what, what you think your horse isn't doing that he could be doing. And then you can work on that on the dummy and, and steers and stuff. And then I brought in another bay, and 
just kind of started over just like that. I made him my practice horse, and I ran a lot of steers on him and got him. He's real talented. This other bay, he's he's a freak in nature. But I have I could see him getting like the other horse real strong and a lot of buttons. So I tried to really keep it simple on him. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of wouldn't let him. I didn't want him to get hard to ride. I wanted him to be easy. So I just literally kept it simple, just staying out wide and pushing through the corner, never letting him stop too hard. And then that kind of became our run. Do you think, uh, like, horses that are winners, they they make it, like, it's easy. You mm-hmm. know, they don't make it complicated. Like, I was just talking to Peyton about this at the roping yesterday. Um, Peyton's like, man, it seems like there's a lot of good horses nowadays. And him, I was like, I wonder... Do you think it's because guys started making them easy? Because, you know, there's a lot of guys that make really nice horses that are so broke and they spin and slide, but they're so touchy and there's so many buttons that you can foul up a run pretty easy. But Peyton and I were just talking about how it seems like every horse is so solid now. I think Corky was riding a, a young yellow horse yesterday. and I mean, I'm, I'm in the open. I'm riding my good horse. And Corky was... It looks like he's, it's a Sunday for him, and he's just running around. I think a horse maybe five or something like that. And looks flawless and just so easy and so controlled. And that's kind of where I was like, you know, it seems like, like they're just, they're making them easy to win on now. Like there's not so much buttons and cool stuff as far as now. They literally run around the corner, head up, butt down. Saddle horn never moves. Feet are right there. Right. Like, never take your throw away. Seems like there's a lot of horses like that now. Well, and and that's the thing is they don't have to be violent, right? Like, right. they don't have to have this violent exactly. stop or these buttons and they just, mm-hmm. like, give you everything they got. It's like you want them to be fast and be able to get you to the spot. But mm-hmm. then there's a lot of times, and I, I've, I'm a huge believer in this, but I think to win roping, especially healing, to get through a roping, if mm-hmm. you ruin four or five steers with one partner – there's typically one or two steers in there that were really tough. Right. Cat, you know, they're tough steers mm-hmm. to get by. Mm-hmm. And if you got a horse that will let you go an extra swing or oh, just man. let you. Huge. Yeah, kind of, you might have to compromise something. Like you, you mm-hmm. might not ideally, like, well, me, I might want to crawl out over them a little bit or something, you know, right. and you can, you, they just, you're like, wow, when I, I barely got that one. But you right. get, you, when you say that, you're like, well, I do that a lot on mm-hmm. them. And then those start adding up into wins, uh, and you like exactly you kind of get through the rope. And I think it's the same way with head horses too. They like if you tell me, well, what's better, like a medium speed head horse that scores really good, that's just flat to the steer, mm-hmm. or one that can just run a hole through the wind that you right. gotta like. He's just going as hard as he can and, and mm-hmm. just giving it everything he's got, and he almost gets in your way at times because right. he's trying so hard. Right. Like, well, what one are you gonna win the most on? You know, there's there's times where you get that fast mm-hmm. horse like BFI right, right in there, you know. Right. Or, but yeah. but there's going to be other times where you're going to draw that loper and you could reach and go at him on this flat horse. You right. know, this, this horse is a little flatter, and and I think that's where we start. I think there's been a big um, gap in what people they think they need something with their horses and mm, they want all those buttons. That's that's the horse market, man. You know. Yeah. What do you think makes a great healer? Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> what makes a great healer? I don't, you know, that's a tough, that's a loaded question because I feel like there's 
there's a lot of great healers that built themselves as they kind of, they already were like real mature when they started healing, let's say. Right. You know, like I think Patrick started a little later yeah. in life, but he is like, he's a prime example of taking the fundamentals to, to an extreme. Like this guy, he's ice cold. He's no mistakes. And he's he's going to win on the stage you're going to win on. Right. You know, he knows that as good as anybody. And where I like, <clears throat> I think about my healing, I never got to build it like that, but I learned how to handle my rope. Excuse me. <clears throat> I never got to uh, to build my to my my healing after I had like a real thought process. I literally learned how to rope just with a piece of bale and twine rope on my dad's foot, you know, going through the house and then roping goats for my granddad or Brandon calves. Right. And I never learned how to like ride perfect or swing perfect or nothing like that. It it was harder for me to learn all like the the solid fundamentals than it was to learn how to catch. You know, I felt like I knew how to catch the feet when I got up to when I got to Chad's when I was 18 or 19. And then um, I looked at all these guys that rode so perfect and you know, they, they swung so perfect. They never took a chance. They never, they never took any risk. That's been my biggest deal lately is risk, you know, right. trying to manage that. But those guys take no risk and they ride so perfect that, you know, it literally looks like it's so easy, you know? And then I look at my own videos. I'm like, you know, Hey, that was cool. But the steer was a coil and a half away and I burned my hands and now I'm not going to get my horse close to the next three steers. Right. You know, and then these guys, they, kick through their horses perfect easy to win on <clears throat> and they just look like they were sitting in a recliner and put it down there and they win the rodeo right so if you could start back over yeah. that would be the first thing is fundamentals oh, like studying man. them and kind of mastering the fundamentals i would have hit the dummy on an old campaigner horse and just tried to i don't know get my reactions down different because I've got my mental clock probably clicks double as fast as anybody. I've we can run a steer halfway down the arena, and I'm like, well, we're gonna be ten, you know, we're we're out of it. Right. But I started to realize if you set the corner up and all that stuff, and you're riding decent horses, you can shut the rundown, and it's really not that bad. You know? Right. So that's where I <clears throat> lack the discipline to ride. The ride the the right corner and the right way and swing the right way. I used to just crawl out over them and, and throw my rope and try to beat my horse to the horn, you know. So that's that's kind of where I wish I could restart. Yeah, a little bit and just mastering the fundamentals and yeah. and that's it. It's hard because I don't even know that until I, I mean there's been some guys that have done a great job teaching like you got your Walt Woodards your Clay Clay Coops like your older generation like the guys have been doing it for so for sure. long but it's it's not something that can be as studied as much as it has been able to the last like 15 years oh, or so and, and it's easy to break down now you can with all the slow-mo videos and everyone's videoing all their runs anymore to where you can you can literally slow it down and watch every inch of your swing you know or Every see what your hands doing. This is what I've been doing because I've been burning my hands the last few days trying to dally, and breaking it down and watching me move my left hand is basically the adjustment I had to make yesterday at the roping. Just made it on the fly, right? Because I was pulling my slack and moving my hand 
just a little bit to the left and it makes my horse move the saddle horn. Yep. Bing. I mean, simple. You know, back then I feel like those guys, it was more of a crapshoot for them. Like they, they had to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They kind of had to like trial, trial <laughs> and error. And, and really that's a lot of it too is, is probably the quickest way to, to improve because then you could like, like you said earlier, you could take the things that, uh, someone might, they might do, or they might say, Hey, this is what I would try, mm-hmm. or this is what I think. Right. And you can apply it to your roping, but you can see how it fits in within right. your style. Because that is the one thing about roping that is, I mean, I look at it uh, with other sports like quarterback or like a, a guy with a jumper. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of fundamental things that they still do in like a throwing motion or a shooting right. motion. But there, yeah, yeah, there's a ton that go into it, but there's also, at the end of the day, they're not, they're not the same. Like there's really right. no two same no. like throwing motions or nope. similar ones and similar jump shots, but, and it's the same way with roping. So you got to understand like, Hey, we're bodies are built different. Muscle fibers right. are different from the word go like our, oh, yeah. our makeup, how our mind works, how mm-hmm. we, you know, how like some guys have a faster swing. Some guys have a slower swing. Right. Well, why is that? And uh, there's there's little variables that you can add to it, but you also gotta kind of gotta work within yourself. To, mm. It's like you gotta master yourself, right? Like you're. Well, you can. I even put this towards horses too, but you can try to find the easiest way to get the goal accomplished. You know, whether it be having a good head loop or a, a good swing or putting it all together. Even you know, that's where you know, just trying to find the. The e- that's where I kind of I struggled a little bit was trying to find I, I tried to match my style to somebody yeah early on you know what I mean and I got I literally could do like impressions of a lot of different healers but not well but I, I felt like I could and that I wish I would have developed my own deal and that's where I kind of feel like I am now right you know, I'm, I've kind of got my own deal and it works for me I wouldn't push it on anybody but there's there's no two alike so if you can find the easiest way for your style to shut the rundown then i would i mean that's how i would go about it yeah yeah just understanding what you do and exactly and and how it feels to you and and i think that's where it's like we got to keep it where our mind can operate without thinking Mm. during the run so we can Muscle memory. Yep. That muscle memory can come through because if we're thinking and trying to force it, it's, it's slow or it's it's choppy feeling or there's yeah. black spots in the run where it's like, right. why mm-hmm. why can I not throw my rope? Like it feels like I can't throw my right. rope right. when right. I want to. And that, that's like, I mean, that's a death sentence, you know, at the end yeah. of the day. And I've been backwards from a lot of people. I'm usually like, why did I throw there? Like what, I pulled the trigger, what am I throwing at, you know? That's where, like, that's where the discipline comes in. I didn't, I didn't get the discipline growing up as far as my roving goes. And I, that's where I wish I probably would have went right. back. Because there's, there is time. Like, yesterday's a prime example. I was roped with Tanner James in the 17 and a half. Sneaks out of the barrier, got the loper. We're six flat on the first one. Most of the steers are running. And that's a great job. Like, that's the steer you're supposed to win on. Or at least get ahead in the roping. Yeah. We had a great chance. I'm coming I'm coming in a little hot in the corner, but I know my horse is trying to get away. He's sitting down. 
I take it one swing over the back in the corner, can't heal him yet. And then in that last swing, I just put it down and I'm like, whoa, we're too close. And my horse just barely steps on my bottom strand, takes us out of the hole open, you know, and I'm like, if I had the discipline, that's, that's the steer that, that kind of ate at me the most yesterday, but there's not really an adjustment. It's just knowing that keep it shaped up, maybe keep a little better spacing and don't eat up the loper. Yeah. Know? Don't get lapped up because I mean, that was our chance. We were about to go five flat and next thing you know we're 11 flat on two that gives us a chance for that allows us to draw in the middle of the herd to and still stay in the rope you know right you're basically at the point where you just two catches away from winning winning just do your job yeah Yeah. um that is the the thing about competition though that it's like you almost gotta go Right, mm-hmm. you gotta go because that's information you you really can't get in mm-hmm. the practice pin because your mind has shifted. Like in the practice pin, for example, you might say, hey, "I want to run these four steers," mm-hmm. but you know the steer, you know, and it, you kind of already know what you're gonna do yeah. at a roping. The steers are strong, right? right? And then you clear the box and you're kind of riding, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's loping and right there, and your header mm-hmm. has scored really good, mm-hmm. and so then it's like, okay, these are the little things that. I, they're they're like necessary evils to go through right, right? right. i mean absolutely you know when i my brother he kind of gets after me a lot but when even when we're starting on like young horses i always tell him he's like what do you think he needs he just needs runs you know he just needs runs to figure it out my brother's really good at breaking it down and the fundamentals of everything and going slow and to me, I'm like, come on, let's go. The horse is eight years old. Let's get it on the. Let's, <laughs> let's get this show on the road. Yeah, you know. So, that's probably where, where I think, uh, it's like, the two the two clashes. You know, you got me where I'm like, all I've done is is hit the road. We, you know, I didn't get the fundamentals early on. I had to learn it in the cab of the truck after I just messed up the loper, Cody. It's like, okay, well, we'll get it together. You get to run one Livingston tonight. Like, yeah. Figure it out. Let's watch this video. You know, where now I feel like it's a lot different, but <clears throat> where my brother, he's going to be one day where he's just ropes the loper, everything's fine. He's going to catch the one that he's supposed to win on. Then they're going to go win at Livingston. Then they're going to go win at St. Paul. I get, he broke it down from so early. Yeah. You know, and that's where I wish I would have. Well, and it's, it's one of those things too, because it's like, healing do you feel like you kind of got to decide or it i don't know if you decide or it's just like it just naturally happens like what type of healer you want to be right because yeah there's healers that are aggressive like oh man i i I know like i we did the podcast with hunter cook last year but there's got to be times where he's cutting it down at him that it's like does he know he's gonna catch right there i i think the same thing about like Corey petska Mm -hmm. and there's they obviously yeah. No, or it's like, but when in the moment you're like, usually you know when you got them caught, like we said, right? Yeah, yeah. And these guys sometimes will heal steers before they've really opened up oh, and it's sure. really clean. For sure. And then there's healers that like set it up just a little bit different where they mm-hmm. might go an extra jump or they set it up a little safer. Yeah, yeah, like a little. Let's talk about. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's that's tough. Like, I think that the the aggressive style which is what i kind of chose like i wanted to be 
the clutch man that threw fast. And there's going to be a lot of times where guys like me are going to mess up. You know, Hunter does a great job. Petka does a great job. But they, they set it up that way. And to where they're going to be roping with good enough partners that they know they're going to move the steer out from underneath them. If Even if they do get too close in the corner, they're going to put it down because the steer's got to hop. He's got to go somewhere. Right. Unless they just, <clears throat> in the unlikely event, they jerk the steer down. You know, the steer's got to open up at some point so they can stall it or Hunter jacks it down in some, some crazy spots. And, I mean, that dude's unreal. Like, yeah. That uh, sometimes, you know, sitting, it's easy to sit in the haze line and watch somebody jack it down there in a weird spot, in a weird position, and it works. And you're like, I don't know how he did that. Yeah. You know, but then heat of the moment, I've found myself yesterday, uh, Schmidt and I ran one. Uh, kind of strong, kind of got weak in the corner, and I was too close. I was riding like an idiot, and I kind of pulled off, and he moved the steer out in the front, and the steer was still down. I found myself throwing, and I'm like, man, I hope this works. Right. right. And then the steer literally takes the big, slow, long hop, and I put it down, and it's like eight foot wide and six foot tall. Like it was just crazy. <laughs> Went up, get him around the belly. It was like everyone thinks that it looks like I was supposed to catch him. Because, of course, I'm not going to crack a smile. Like, probably shouldn't have caught that one. But right. I was like, man, I, I know where the steer's going to go. And I'm on top of him. But I can put it down right here. And if he hops like I think he's going to, we got him. You know. Like, but I really hope he hops. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I mean, that's it is you got to decide, uh, like, what type of healer you are. It kind of, like I said, it, it, can, it may be you, you decide yourself. Mm -hmm. Um you got to take calculated risks all oh, the man. time, right? I mean that, and that's the thing. Uh, the faster you want to throw, the when it connects, the more money you're gonna win. It's just you're gonna be yeah. faster, right? Yeah. And then the less risk you take, and the more steers you catch, you know, you're hoping to to balance that out. Yeah. And, and it's like you gotta. There's this line you gotta ride where it's like having feel for knowing, hey, this is a good risk to take it right here because right. we're not gonna win anything or being able mm -hmm. to go go that extra yeah. swing yeah and i that was me setting it up bad you know in that run but like i think those guys that uh at the rodeos they they may take the risk with the throw but they took all the necessary precautions in the corner you know they set it up good enough to where it's really not as much of a risk as it looks like yeah you know? right because the risk really is just a timing aspect at Absolutely. this point like it's like well and when i say timing i mean like if the steer's jumping up mm -hmm. clean or if he's kind of like washing out and shuffling his feet or if he's like exactly like getting ready to mm -hmm. to kind of get him to be healed right. or can you kind of get one down as he's like jumping down or jumping mm -hmm. up right. a little bit at a time but that's yeah you kind of leave it all up to that yeah you know those guys that ride super aggressive into the corner myself included you know, I've always focused on trying to be there when it happens. You know, I wanted to, when the head rope went on, I wanted to be, you know, hair on fire running into the corner. Right. That way, when they did take the first or second jump out of there, <clears throat> I could shut the run down. Yeah. So, but I also think the guys that set it up better, even though they might not jack it down and it might not look crazy, they're still going to heal in the second jump and they're probably going to finish just as good or better. Yeah. You know, so that's where the, the clash has been for me. Right. But <clears throat> those guys look like they take no risk. And yeah. that's where I've been trying to be better is not taking so much risk. 
you know. Right. Just managing it. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. manage the risk, man. That's that's huge because there's going to be steers that, that give you the money where you don't have to take any risk. And if you're mashing the gas still and you didn't recognize that leaving the box, you may foul him up and you can't afford to, you know, over the, the course of the summer, you, you can't afford to miss the loper Cody. If you want to, if you want to make a jump, you're going to have to slow it down and catch that cow. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, you're going to draw middle of the pin and you're going to run one halfway down the arena and your man's going to bomb and you're going to be there and you heal him fast and you guys finish fast and you're going to win six and it's going to feel like it was a battle, you know, and that, that's awesome. I'm happy for that. But the, if you're riding that same way on the loper, you're probably going to run smooth by him or you're going to get too close in the corner, just like that jackpot run yesterday I was talking about get too close and take that throw. What if it's not there? Right. You know, what if he was perfect on the next one, but I've already, I've already killed everything off in the corner. I've already slowed my swing down to throw, you know, what if it's not there and he's perfect on the next one? Now you just laid it next to one at Cody, but gosh dang, we caught the one for $600 down the road and it looked crazy, but we, uh, Thing sure didn't catch the loper for ten thousand. Yeah, so it's like it's being able to manage both runs, mm. and and that's where it's like I think that's where we go back to horses being real special too, and having yeah. like because if you got helps. yeah if you got a heel horse like that's got a lot of feel when you clear the box and will read the cow and help you and, and kind of stay mm-hmm. ahead of what the steer's doing, then you've got that yeah. as you clear the boxes and things are mm. running real fast, mm. they can move with them, but if things aren't and the steer's slow and it's all happening right there quick right you get that nice feel where you're not pulling hard and they just mm-hmm. like stay in your hand you put them where you want and it's like it's like the same thing but just going slower you know slower right. slower momentum compared to something that's moving fast yeah man like my good horse makes me laugh sometimes like if a steer runs left he really doesn't want to run around the end of it like if a steer runs the wall san angelo's a prime example steers both steers went left he got just a shade to the inside, but basically he's like, put your rope down, dummy. Keep riding. Don't take a stupid throw right here. Right. You know, kicked, we were 10-8 on two, ended up coming back with a good chance for money, you know? Yeah. Where if I'd have just, if I'd have done what I probably wanted to do, run around the end of it and, and heal the steer fast, you know, we might not have finished as good, but it was unnecessary risk. It might not have worked. There's a chance that it might not have worked. Right. So when... He had me just a shade to the inside. We were still pushing into the corner, and I couldn't throw right there. All that steer did was hit and come right back to me, and I threw on the next one, and we got a better finish. Yeah, got you know a, I mean? a real sure shot, good finish, and then you can make it up right. in the short round, or you get another chance. Right. Like you're not done just going for yeah, a go-around over there. Exactly. The I'd rather rodeo to go go-rounds. I'd rather go like catch him. I'm, I'm starting to think this way. I'd rather go catch him and make him come beat us. And, and give ourselves a chance and take the risk and live with the consequences. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. What about managing your finances? How, yeah. how hard is that? Huge. <laughs> Huge. That's so tough. Because I think I, I always tell, you know, the guys that stay at the house, they, I'm like, you got to go. You can't, you can't sit at home because you, you, Minus the fact of not being relevant and not getting the partners, you know, I, I stepped away from going to all the open opens for a while and I think it hurt me, honestly, which I've got to go to the slides and, you know, make 
good aggressive runs all the time and a little bit was seizing that that younger bay but at the same time i just kind of started coming back to the open ropings and i'm like dang these guys there's a tempo here that i was missing you know these guys are sharp and so i think that you got to go but if if it's not if you got to slow down and get your financials together you know that's obviously great but that's the that's the battle of it is you know these you got to go compete but there's a lot of stuff that you can do you know not maybe don't go play golf four times a week you know maybe do something else or like trying to keep your finances together there's so many different ways to do it and there's so many there's even more ways to lose it right you know well, i mean jackpotting around this area is tough it's like a thousand yeah. every week i right. swear or, or more and, and that's like a just an average well, look at this weekend yeah. yeah it's gonna be huge you got the wendy ryan you got the danny deets and then the roping in buffalo yeah there's thirty thousand added you gotta go can't afford not to go yep Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Open Showdown was the week right. before, and, right. you know, there's Jackpot Tuesday, and, uh, yeah, this is pretty, I guess this is a real good deal, but there, there's these ropings that, you, like you said, you got to go, mm-hmm. because there's great paying ropings, right. and that's what you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. you're roping for a living, but when I, you know, we talk about eliminating expenses, mm. and then there's, like, necessary expenses, so... Absolutely. I, I do think like the eighty percent paybacks, hundred and fifty a man ropings mm. are really they're a really good roping because mm-hmm. it's they get about thirty teams, you right. know, anywhere from twenty to fifty teamers around here in the open. Yeah. And um they they're gonna pay good and it's you know, those ones are I I think those are real good ones to go to. The 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 thing I wonder about is you know, we've got all these expenses mm. and you've rodeoed for, you've rodeoed hard, right? For Yeah, since I started, I, I, I went crazy, you know, when I turned 18, I went and did my, my time in junior college and I, uh, I left, I went online, but I left when I was, let's say I was 18 when I bought my permit and then I filled my permit in California and then uh, Doyle called me to go to Pendleton my 18-year-old year, which was actually right after I turned 19. Right. So my from 19 on, man, when I turned 19, I was rolling. And we went hard. And I've went hard every year, it seems like. So do you try to find ways, like, to get extra cash through selling horses? What, what do you do to try to kind of put money together when it's – I mean – it's it's hard to just sit there and yeah, say, hey, I'm going to make 100000 or 50000 or whatever. You're even break even roping, right? Oh, man. And it, especially for like healing, you know, it's it's even – I think it's harder healing because you're starting out and, you know, you got guys that, that probably rope good, mm-hmm. but there's these established runs that mm. – headers and healers, and it's just hard to compete against them, right? Right. And then healing – it's hard to get runs right. and so you're getting less opportunity. So you yeah. kind of got to, you know, it's, it's just a hard, it's just a longer climb, I think healing right. than, than, than heading. I'm, I could be wrong with that, but so mm-hmm. putting that together, how, how do you look at that? Like, Hey, I, I need to continue to right. keep my money together and be able to go and compete. What are some, what, what are mistakes you made and what are some good things that you've had going? Man, 
I think this is kind of where I went to backing off of the open so much. I think that it hurt me, but I think it helped me. It was necessary. I, I needed to do it, you know, because man, if if it's not working and you got you got to go back and figure it out, it's so hard. These guys got so many good horses and they're staying sharp and they're hard to beat and they have you know they have the best guys and going and and just getting beat up you know this is we use the term ducking off so i ducked off and i went to the slides and i could kind of go win at those and put some stuff together and and it i disguised it and used the excuse that i was seasoning a horse and stuff but i think between that and then like i uh i've made halters for a long time and it sounds silly but i've paid a lot of jackpot fees you know and if you can get to the jackpot and then you get to the jackpot and then try to allow yourself to, a chance to win, you know, stuff can kind of start building back up. You know, it's a gamble. My mom's a banker. I hear this word all the time, the G word. Oh my gosh. My mother, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. Well, the whole thing's a gamble. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's kind of controlled, you know, you practice so much. So it's, it's really, that takes a little bit of the risk out of it, you know, and you get to where you're sharp you know, your ability, you know, and you, then you put it together with a good partner and your partner's got good horses. You've got good horses. Then you go and try it on, you know, but until you kind of get that built up, you know, and take the unnecessary expenses out and try to keep pushing and building it better, then, then you're going to enter quality ropes to where it just takes one hit, you know, to where you're kind of back in the middle of things. And then it, you hopefully build that into more opportunity to win, you know, right. but then that comes back into risk, you know, being the guy, being the guy that, you know, sets it up too aggressive and you can't be doing that. Well, yeah. And it's really easy to mismanage your mm. risk. Cause at, at the end of it, when we're talking about it is, it is a gamble, but you're betting on yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. That's double down. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're double, we're, we're doubling down now. Um, <laughs> But you're you're betting on your skill, right. and, and so that's a that's something that's really it's kind of like it's well I'd say it's a, one of the coolest aspects of right. roping is y it's up to you mm -hmm. and what you know your skills what you can do how you can manage yourself and you know it's on it's on you and so mm -hmm. that's a nice it's a nice thing to know that at the end of the day hey I I have control of what oh, I want to do huge yeah you know you. That's where work ethic's huge too, you know, but I think there's a, there's a lot to that where if you're out there putting in the work, then it doesn't seem like as much risk, you know, it seems like you've controlled your outcome just a little more. Yeah. You know, it's not cutting cards. It's not the, the numbers aren't like that drastic. If you're out there putting in the work and getting sharp, you know, it, it kind of seems to swing into your favor and it, ultimately it's in your hands. You know, you, you get to make the decisions, whether you catch or miss or stay in the roping or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. Let's talk about work ethic. Do you, coming into it and starting to get exposed to guys like, you know, early on in your rodeo mm. career, did you feel like you had worked at it hard enough or were you working at it hard enough? No, no, not at all. That's probably, I don't really regret much you know i try not to try not to really look back at it that hard yeah but um there's definitely there's always room for improvement 
And I think that uh, I wish I would have worked at my fundamentals earlier. Right. You know, I wish I would have been out there, you know, watched all the videos and I wish I would have tried to, to use, to blend those styles a little better. You know, I wish I would have had the discipline, I guess. And work ethic comes out of, or discipline comes out of work ethic, I think, honestly. So if you're working at it hard enough and you got, you know, a good thought process about it, I think you can go out there and you can get it down. Right. You know, it's up to you. You know, if you're working hard and you're putting it in the right direction, then I think there's only one way to go. It's up, getting better. Yeah, it's a, it's a skill. So it's it's all kind of boils down to how hard you want to work at it. Right. So now, what are some ways that you try to apply yourself and kind of maximize your days and maximize whatever you want to get at from, you know, from now, where you're at now that you learn like, hey, this was... I kind of did it wrong. I needed to improve on this. Right. What's been some big adjustments you've made? Well, slowing down was the biggest. And I, a while back is when I, I kind of caught that. And obviously there's never, it's never just in time, but I feel like to where, I, where I feel right now, I feel like it was in time. So now, you know, I'm still working at it. I'm still, you know, I don't rope the dummy as much as I should, but I need to get back on the, on the dummy in the arena need to be riding those horses more often, you know, but at the same time, you know, I, th I'm really confident in what I've got going. So I try not to really dwell on that. Right. I don't want to just keep just hounding on it. If I've got it, I try to leave it alone. Like I'm trying to, I like where it's at right now and I still work at it and there's always ways to make it better, but I'm trying to figure out ways to make it better instead of working, trying to get so sharp. On one thing, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. You, I mean, you can over sharpen the knife. Oh man, it's crazy, and that's that goes back into, you know, catching the loper. Like if you're too sharp, you're just you're you're gonna make a mistake. Too much on go. Yeah, yeah. So understanding like managing the days mm. as to as much as you can, and knowing like, hey, this is there's times where I need to. To do more mm, of, of slow work, or I need to do more of this, or understanding, you know, if you need to get more practice rounds, is get mm -hmm. on a practice horse and run them, and right. and kind of balance those two out between just running a lot of steers and kind of going mm. at them. There's definitely a time where you need to run more to to work on it and figure it out, and but then there's times where you know quality over quantity, you know. I've, uh, that Tanner James, he lives in the house and he, uh, he will run them. If, if anyone brings horses, he will literally run them right. until no one wants to rope anymore. And I'm like, okay, so what are you working on? And he's like, I'm just turning cows. I'm like, come on, man. You know, like you've got some nice horses, work on it, you know? And so he's done a really good job of slowing that down, but he does have practice horses now to where he can run them until no one wants to run them anymore. You right. know, and when he needs to work on something, he buckles down. Same with me. Like, I, I don't like to run a ton of steers a day. I'd rather run better ones. Like, I'd rather run a qual or a qual yeah, quality steer. Yeah. Than run fifty. You know, I would. I'd rather set it up and and if everything's feeling good, you know, then I can. I tell these guys all the time. I'm like, the best thing you can hear is that it's you making a mistake because you can fix that on the dummy. 
if your horse is working good and it feels good and he feels like he's not taking your throw away or not costing you anything, I don't really see just a huge need to keep running them. Right. You, you're basically, you're just getting it to the point where your horses have feel they're comfortable, right. they're working for you good. And then it's all on you, you know, Absolutely. And, and, and then if you need to make adjustments, if there's something off with your swing or whatever mm. it is, you just tweak on it and you're, yeah. you're good to go. Yeah, for sure. I feel like you can, I try to keep it, uh, down to the mechanics as far as that i try to keep it simple you know don't uh i don't want to just keep just keep running them if everything feels good i don't need to keep just running them running them, running them. right you know i'd rather put my horses up and let them have the day and keep them feeling good you know so when you talk about taking something specific amy you mentioned earlier like you, you'll run a lot of steers in your mind right mm -hmm. mental reps mental <laughs> mental reps and is that something like when you practice Let's say you've been running them mentally. Does mm -hmm. do you know when it's feeling good? Like before you even go to the practice pin? Like does it does your mind like so for example, like you visualize a run mm -hmm. and it goes good. Right. Do you have times where you visualize runs and it doesn't go good? No. You you, you see it, you just you just get it like where is Yeah, that's the positivity of it. And I'm I try to be real about it and I, I base it all on what my horses felt like coming up to it. And if there's something I need worked on, you know, I'll visualize making the adjustment first, you know, before I'll run that steer and make the adjustment in my head. And before we ever get to the practice pin, you know what I mean? But it all, it's all based on kind of prior what it's, what it's all felt like. Right. Coming, coming into the practice session. Yeah. It's a, that's a, a strong word when you go to visualizing, I think uh, oh. is feel. If you can visualize it, but you can feel it as well, like with your swing or whatever it is, it, it just seems like the practices are, they're so clear. And it's right. like, we get to that spot where it doesn't feel like it's almost like slower happening. Like it's not, like it's in slow motion almost. Oh, for sure. That's the mental clock, man. You slow that down and it, it, it literally feels like slow motion. Like you make those, those fast runs, but like you can when you hit the corner and it's all like crunch time when you're watching the video yeah you're going fast like right. there's no room for air it looks like but in our mind it's slowing down and you can kind of see where it's going see how the run's shaping up you can see what's going to happen basically before it happens but i think you have a lot more time to adjust you know than people think right yeah and it's a weird it's a weird feeling sometimes when it when it happens because it's like for me when it happens healing it's like did i just like stall my rope did i just like i mean did i just hang me a big old floater mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. and then i'll watch it back and i because it i'll know the difference like if i heal one and it comes back to the horn good and it's like a big finish mm -hmm. and it's like it's a good run as opposed to like an actual floater where right. it's hard to dally the steer's really jumping away um, the, the difference in those two feels is, is huge, but in my mind, it feels the same. It's almost like that last swing is just slow and mm -hmm. just everything It's and, and I, and I call that like, like a flow state or getting in like you're right. kind of your, whatever, it, you know, whatever you want to call it. But when you hit that point, it's, uh, it's really hard to duplicate Oh man, and and I think that is one of the keys to being able to almost like lock it in 
when it's like when it's crunch time and mm-hmm. you know you've got outside things like it's short round or it's a big right. rodeo or a short round at a big rodeo mm-hmm. you know you've got all these things running through your mind and if you can get to that spot where you can feel it before it happens you yeah. can see it clearly yeah. it, it really increases the odds of you mm-hmm. being in that where everything well, just feels setting slow. it up yeah you know, that that's the hardest thing to do in crunch time you know i'm I'm aggressive when it comes to roping. Like I want to be there when it happens. I want to shut the run down fast. Yeah. You know, and I've spent my whole career trying to do that, but that's where the discipline in setting a run up is right. so detrimental. Like if, if you don't set it up or if you don't set it up the right way, it it's the, it's living or dying in the roping. It's staying in it or, or getting ahead or just getting by the bad one. You know, because most times you're going to draw the one that might take you out. And if you just get by him, you allow yourself a chance. You know, you're still in it. So, and like setting it up so huge. And I'm a big believer in like, there's a tool for every job, like stalling your rope. You know, if you get there and you need to throw, you need to shut the run down. And if you have to stall to get back in time or whatever, you know, as long as it doesn't become a habit. You know, I think that that's, that can be necessary in a situation. So I don't really write that stuff off, but I think there's steps you could have taken in your setup before, yeah, but you, there's going to be times where you're going to have to. Yeah. You're not looking to use that tool. Exactly. It's just exactly. there if you need it. Exactly. And yeah. And, and I think that's where like, it's just building the skill set. you know, and, and, yep, yep. being able to react. And, and that's also where it's like, Hey, I want to get kind of away from the, those things and mm-hmm. what caused that to happen exactly. so i can create more of a you know that consistency mm-hmm. with the, the through the positioning stuff like mm-hmm. that so what's the biggest piece of advice is i just like really hit hard for you that you've that you've got you know has there been a one one of those talks where it's like man i i need to i need to change some things or just one of those deals that you just that flip a switch for you man not not necessarily i don't feel like there's just been one thing i've been around like I try to surround myself with the best guys, you know, yeah. since I've been out here, I've iron sharpens iron. So if you're out here and you're rubbing shoulders with these guys, you're going to pick stuff up. You know, you're going to get sharp and you're not even, you don't even know it, you know? And, you know, <clears throat> I study the guys that are winning and the guys that aren't and why they're winning and why guys aren't, you know? And that's kind of where the mental reps, you know, that's where I look at that. But I don't know if there was just one. I've gotten a lot of information because I like to, I like to talk. Yeah. I like to BS with the guys. I'm always talking, and they might not even know it, but I'm picking their brain. Right. Know, I even paid in yesterday. I'm always, you know, just trying to figure them out or trying to. If I've got a real question, you can you can ask it. You know, and you're, if you surround yourself with those kind of guys, you can ask those questions and whatever you need, whatever information you need, it's, it's here. You can, you can figure it out by watching or asking or whatever. So I don't know if there was just one little piece of information, but it's a lot of studying the right guys. I feel like. Yeah. Being around them, uh, it's, it's weird because you think about it and when you initially have that happen, I think some people might be intimidated or whatever it is, or they're, they're worried that they'll, like, I would say if you got 
down to the root of it is being exposed. Oh man. And That's just, huge, yeah. yeah and, and it's a big fear. Like no one wants to be dominated mm. and be around someone that, that's way better than them. Right. It's something they pride themselves with being good at. Yeah, and, but at the sure. same time, it's really not like that at all once you get in it, right? No, like when you're around those guys, it's it's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I love it, and I idolized a lot of these guys. Long, I mean, long. I mean, I still idolize them, but I've done it for a long time. But now, you know, when I first came out here, I felt like I was trying to prove something, and that was the wrong way. Yeah, that was so far from what I needed to do. You know, I needed to come out here and be a sponge and just soak it all up. You know, these guys, every time they make a run, they might not even look at you or talk to you, but you learned something. Right. You know what I mean? You saw it. And if you can channel that the right way, there's information. Yeah. Well, it, that's strong because if, if you're saying, hey, I, I needed to prove something, it's, and I get it. So I want to Well, and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Exactly. And you you put it the wrong way. Like I was trying to be so aggressive when I first came out here. I wanted to prove that that I felt like I felt like I had a spot. You know, I wanted to prove to them that I could be out here and I could hold my own, right? Yeah. Well, there's these guys that are slowing it down, and then there's one 19 year old kid that's running his good horse by the corner, thrown over the left side of their neck, and thinking, yeah, I just yeah I just did something. These guys are all rolling their eyes. They're like. We got another one. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Another another kid showing up, but there's so much to to being able to not come out here and try to prove it. Like don't don't come out here trying to um trying to earn your spot, like prove it and, and take your spot, I guess I should say. You need to come out here and earn it. Like just come out here and put in the work and, and soak up the information because these guys are gonna teach you a lot, even though they might not say anything. They might even come say hi. The night, some of the nicest guys in the world are the the best guys. Yeah, you know, so they'll they'll just come conversate and being around them. Just I always use this term like just breathe the air around them, and you're gonna get better. Like you got to be here, rubbing shoulders with them. Right. I feel like. Well, and and don't do it to prove that you belong because then right. you're you're tying you healing steers with your actual like self-worth oh yeah yeah exactly and then that's that's a mental side I, oh. that that was huge for my mental like i there was a time at chad's where like i was wanting to be done like, yeah like totally contemplate i even i had a conversation with my dad and he's like how bad do you want it i'm like bad but i don't i don't feel like i i don't feel like i belong out here right now Right. And he that's when he kind of was telling me, he's like, you're going about it all wrong. Just learn. Like, soak it up. Quit trying to, quit trying so hard to prove that you're one of them. Just learn from them. You know, you will be if you stay hooked and, and keep going through the motions and learning, you know. But you're not going to ever get that far if you burn yourself out like that. You're going to want to be done. It's so hard. It's a game of, it's a game of failure. Roping is like you're not going to catch every steer, you're not going to win at every jackpot, but it's channeling the good ones and learning from the best or whatever, you know. And that's how you kind of it goes back into confidence and the mental side, you know, staying hooked. Yeah, and do you try to find like a, I would call it like an just an enjoyment of the process because when I when I hear that I think of things like my mind goes to, well I got these horses, I'm in. 
right. if I'm lucky, I'm going to have, I mean, if I, like my one bay, I started rodeo on him when mm-hmm. he was five years old. Right. Maybe I get him for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And like, well, you should enjoy that time oh, with that sure. horse, you know, enjoy that time in the actual process mm-hmm. of improving yourself, improving mm-hmm. that on the horse. And then, then you get all these little battles within like, man, I, I took this horse from this spot to now I'm competing on him here and he's, you know, he's working right. like this. And, and then it's like, you, you're winning all the time is what it starts to feel like. Or, or you're like, and even if you don't, it's not tied to actual, results of the roping yeah, it's, it's tied to like don't get materialistic about it yeah you, you know just know that you've come a long way you know you've you've built this you know you've built your own empire kind of yeah you know yeah I mean? you, your body sense. of work like you you yeah you know you it's something you work for um it's your life's work yeah is what it it's is. yeah it's way easier to stay positive if you don't get materialistic about it you know what i mean yeah. Um, well, there's just a. Uh, it's you're doing it for the right reasons, right? Exactly. You're you're out it's the here. Good fight. Yeah, because you're out here, and then it's like, well, when you're in August, which, hey, that there's been a few times where you stayed out, right? I mean, yeah. you do you ever go home? I, I actually I did, I did. Um, I went home, gosh, two years ago, and then last year I think we called it. Right. And I just kind of learned that. Like, I used to be, like, I was going to keep my head down and keep trying. Finish it. Yeah, finish what I started. Yeah. You know, and and there's times where it's going to feel impossible. And, you know, you you can go into the sponsor side of everything. But, you know, these guys help you and they want to see you do good. And then I felt like, man, I'm, if I go home right now, I'm letting everybody down. Right. You know what I mean? I don't, I've never wanted to be, I never wanted to quit. And I don't feel like, now I don't feel like it's quit and I feel like you can be a little smarter with your financials like don't run yourself if you don't got the horsepower right now or if if you need to go home and make adjustments do it yeah you know well, that's what I, I a lot of people say that and I'm I'm guilty I'll go I'll quit mm. I guess or how you want to say it I hate I, that I hate, I hate that word I do too but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll stop rodeoing at right. some point when when I'm not roping for anything, Ooh. I don't know what I'm roping for. I have to go home and figure out what exactly. I'm doing. And but also, I when I look at it, I'm playing such a long game. Mm. I don't really care about what happens in the next six months. I'm trying to set up the next six years. Right. And that's how I look at it. Is I'm like, well, I'm doing other things as well with this. So I've got to. Mm-hmm. I got to be real long term with my roping. Right. And and I think that's where it's like. If you can understand that, like if I can go home and it's not like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not turning Madden on and right. playing some PlayStation. No, exactly. like I'm, That's when you hit it the hardest. Yeah. You, you like, ah, uh, you've got tape, you've got mm. 30, 40 rodeos on mm-hmm. your belt. You know, you've been exposed. With, it's fresh. Yeah. Mm. And it hurts still. And you kind of, right, this is what I need to still work Still got on. that bruise on your butt before they kicked it all over. All yeah, yeah. From when they've been stepping on your throat all summer yeah. long. And, and I think that's, there's a lot of, there's a lot to that. But there's also other things that I think I've I, I've finished it as well, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to finish that 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 last three or four right. weeks of rodeoing is you you get to answer some questions to right. yourself that you never oh, thought man. you'd ask right. Yeah, some of those truck rides, yeah, you know where 
<laughs> you're sitting in the cab of the truck and you got 16 oh, hours and you're just like your partner's sitting right there next to you and yeah. you feel like you haven't done your job let's say and it feels like they're so far away from you yeah. and they're, they're touching elbows on the center console you know but you're like can't even find the words to say and you know i had a conversation my very first year with chad chad masters and we talked about you know, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. Do I stay out? Do I, I don't know what to do right now. You yeah. know? And he's like, well, if you can do it, you, you got to prove, you know, that you're, that you're out here to do it. You know, you're committed. Yeah. You know, you got to earn your stripes. You got to, you got to show up and be there and keep your freaking head down. Yeah. You can't, if it gets tough, you can't be the guy that, that pulls up but at the same time at the same token you know now i've gotten to a point where i feel like if if people don't think that i'm committed then that's on them i, I know that i'm committed you know right and it, it was just as much for myself as it was for my partner and that's i probably think of that way too much like as far as your relationship goes with your partner like i'm like at first i was like i'm gonna be here no matter what if this guy keeps putting us down i'm going yeah. You know what I mean? And then it got to, I started to realize, I'm like, man, if I need, if I need to go home or if I need to figure something else out, then I'm hurting this guy. Yeah. If I'm not all the way committed or all the way, you know, into it right there and doing what I need to do or doing my job, even if we're getting down to the mechanics of it, if I'm not doing my job, I don't want to run this guy ragged. Yeah. He's depending on me to show up and do my job. And if I'm not doing it, I need to let him get somebody or let him go home and, and it's going to save everybody in the long run. There's a lot of different ways you can go about it. But if you can stay out, do it. You right. know, keep pinning your ears and keep, you know, keep your head down, stay hooked because a lot of guys are going to notice that and you're, you're going to, it'll be good for yourself. It'll be good for your mentals because you're going to win. You're, you really are. You're going to figure it out. You're going to duck off. You're going to go to rodeos. Yeah, maybe maybe don't go to all the rodeos that all the all the big guys are over there just hammering on. You know, go go find you a different area. Go to some amateur rodeos. Go go find some jackpots. Go run a ton of steers in a practice bin. You know, whatever you got to do. But it's, man, it's, it's all in the way you look at it. But that's kind of where where I felt like. At first, I felt like I needed to stay hooked for myself, and then now I feel like it's necessary. If I need to go home, then it's necessary. Yeah, because it's it's long term. You're not right. you're not quitting, right. right? You're you're literally just reloading the gun. Exactly. You know, you're you're trying to figure out a different plan of attack because the one you have yeah. isn't doesn't make sense or right. isn't isn't for working sure. or whatever it is. Yeah, but I think that's a that then finishing the job. Mm. I think that's a, it's a big thing that almost everyone needs to do first. I, I think I would suggest that, um, for sure, go into all of them and then they know, Hey, right. this is what it's really like. For sure. These guys, they, they give respect to those guys that they, they see somebody working at it hard and they see someone staying hooked. Yeah. It's been a tough road. Everyone's had tough summers. You know, and that's what it's hard to understand right off the bat. All you see is the top 15. You see these guys that just keep winning and winning and winning, and they're having a dream summer, right? And you're like, man, I wish I could have that. Well, they were sitting there in the truck at some point, like, 
you know, I don't know if I should go home. I don't know if I need new horses. I don't know. You know, they, they, they've been through it. Yeah. I, I did a podcast with Walt. Uh, oh, man. I, yeah. Yesterday I did a podcast with Walt and he's like, he's talking about the year he won the world. Yeah. And he's like, right after the NFR, he had planned to go to Hawaii with his wife mm-hmm. and family. And he said, we get, um, we do the champion's breakfast the next morning after he'd won the world. And mm-hmm. he's like, the next day when we're in Hawaii, he said, I stayed in bed for two days. I was so tired and mm-hmm. drained. And he was like, that guy did the best. He won. Yeah. He won. He's, that's the world champion. He was beat and, up the and, most. And he feels that way. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any way out of that. Right. You know, there's, there's going to be some luxuries on the way, oh, but it's really more or less your mindset. And, yeah, and for sure, you got to enjoy the moment, man. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's work and it's a, it's a grind and yeah. they are going to beat you up. You know, that's a, that's a, that's so cool. You did that. And he said that because, People really, they see it as all, you know, roses and gold buckles and all the, all the fame, you know, but I feel like those are the guys that got hit the hardest. Yeah. All year long, but they kept getting back up they gritted their teeth, you know, and then he deserves to treat himself, you know, Mm -hmm. like go, go sleep, go rest, (laughs) you know, gosh dang, you know, you want to clap for the guy because that is, he did it. He took the most beatings and got up the most times, seems like. You know. Yeah, and and it just, I mean, if you've rodeoed the whole summer, right? At the end of whenever you're done rodeoing and you go back home, you're you're tired. Oh, I just, I don't even. I, I mean, it's and so you you get, but that, I think those are important things. Is you got to understand like how to manage your burnouts mm-hmm. and how to how to make sure, but confidence and all that. Yep, and and then the other thing is you get to ask yourself these important questions like, is this what I want to do? Oh man. <laughs> That is, <laughs> that is the, the number one question. And like, for me, I try not to ever get to that question because obviously this is what I've, I've planned my life around. You know yeah. what I mean? I've, I've planned for the long haul. So I'm, I'm really, everyone asks it, but no one ever wants to admit it. You know, everyone yeah. has that moment where it's like, man. You know, yeah. the easy door is over here. And then there's staying hooked and finishing it. And then, you know, keep moving forward. But I think everybody everybody out here kind of has that, that fight. You know, they're going to stay hooked if they can. They're going to do whatever it takes. Go, They're going to go home and build 30 halters and sell them. You know? Right, <laughs> you right. Know? Or whatever. Yeah, you, you kind of got to figure out your, your deal. And, and I, I always do this. I always, if I'm excited driving to the roping or driving to the rodeo and I'm like, you know, if I'm still, like I cur- I'm kind of craving it, then I'm like, all right, uh, that's when I know I'm good. And, right. and I've, you know, I've been able to, to do that both ways in, in August. I've How been, do you recreate that? Though? The, the, like the excitement for it? Well, yes, but like the excitement's a good word, but I feel like, you know, Going, it's really easy to do that going into the summer or when you're oh, winning. Reno, everyone can drive to Reno. Well, oh, that's it's and so then, easy. But then the guys that are that are winning, yeah, it's like I'll drive. Oh yeah, you know. And then you're not winning, and it's just like, you know, do we really want to go all the way over here? Maybe we stay here. We go to the next one. It's right down the road. You know. Yeah. But it's how do we? How do you recreate that excitement? That's the one of the one of the bigger battles all summer is how do you, if it's not going good, how do you recreate that excitement? Cause that might mean 
turning your summer around. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and yeah, having that desire. And, and I think that's because uh, there's like these phases when you're rodeoing, right? Like mm. Reno, everyone's so excited. But then the those 10 days are so wild. Mm. That you, It's up and down for you. Oh, man. But really, it's it's moving so fast right. that you don't have enough time to, to think about it. And there's like all this um, – there's all this opportunity still. Mm. And then it's the same way if even if you haven't done good, you got Cheyenne coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's, might be different now. Cheyenne, I don't know if everyone's excited about Cheyenne if it, if they run it like a playoff style. Saying, this is probably bad, but I haven't even looked at it. But I know I know my partner has. Yeah, and he hasn't mentioned anything to me about it yet. But like, I try to say a little more in the moment. You know, I have that luxury. My partner's entering. Right. Know? So where now I'm like. I'm just trying to make sure all my ducks are in a row, trying to make sure I got everything geared up to go. And man, that having those, those big rodeos, they kind of feel like a safety net coming up. Like if you have a bad week at Reno, you're like, still got a chance. We got got Greeley tomorrow. We're good. And that's, you can channel that in so many different ways. And that's, that's what I love about it. I feel like the guys that, that make it, and I feel like they've channeled it better. You know, they've, they've, put all those thoughts into the right direction. You know what I mean? And they, they figured their way out, but you know, I love recreating that, you know, when you leave Reno, like don't forget that you get a chance that night again to run another steer, to turn your summer around or the next morning or the next day or the next week, we're going to run five more, you know, if you can stay positive enough, I, I believe you can turn your summer around at some point, you know, that's, that's so it's tough man yeah you you've got to have this optimism too right. and, and there's other things like well like you you've got experience you won reno right, right. and so you've like that's a huge what, what, probably like twelve thousand out of reno twelve fifteen thousand or yeah um i, I think i think we we won uh oh ten thousand ten thousand or something like that yeah yeah that sounds but, you but know, still a huge hit yeah you know, i mean going into the summer man and up until then, I never want to check a Reno. Right. It's one of those you can't afford to not be entered because you're going to you're gonna run three. If you do your job well on three, you're going to get paid a lot. Yep. You know, so, man. Well, and you, can, you know how long those go. I mean, that, that can get you through the next two, three mm. weeks. So, 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 it feels good. You know, um, you've got momentum, that. Momentum. Yeah. That's one of those where you're like, I'll drive. Mm-hmm. Let me drive. I'm ready. And you don't need to get the Red Bull or the coffee, you know. Yeah. You're like, you're so excited when you get to the next one. You're like, I don't even need to sleep. I'm it's doing great. it, man. Yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, and that, and I think that's, at the end of the day, with all of this, this sport, there's so many ways to go about it. But if your actual desire is to make the NFR be a, like a guy that is – capable of doing that on a year in a year out basis Mm -hmm. you've got to be able to understand um highs and lows Mm. managing your emotions Mm. and and then and then acting like a winner right when you're when When you're you're exhausted and you're not winning and you you know you gotta you've gotta you've gotta kind of dig within to Mm -hmm. to do that right right and there's there's so much out there we're in the age of information where guys you can find inspiration you can you can be motivated yeah you know but there it's also it's also got to come from inside too though 
you know, it can be fake when you, when it's easy for that person on your phone to be telling you to be motivated and helping you try to bring it out of yourself. But if you don't want to let it out, you won't. So you've kind of got to keep, keep moving forward and keep your, keep all that positivity and optimism. And you got to know what you've done coming up to it. That's kind of, I'm looping back around, but if you know what you've done and you keep that in your head instead of what just happened, yeah, I feel like it's easier to keep moving forward and keep that confidence, yeah. knowing your ability, that desire, you know, yeah. the, the desire to 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 do it and know that this is what you're supposed to be doing, I and, and I think that's it. Is those guys with that real high level of it, they they mm. keep going and they keep working at it, and they just work at it the ways that make sense to them, mm-hmm. and they can always answer the question, the tough questions. You know, they can be like, well, you know, what whatever it is, what what mm-hmm. are you doing, what you're doing, yeah. and and you know, like, hey, this is. There's no, there's no same answer. You know, everyone does it different. You know what it takes for you to be motivated. Right. You know, and when you're out there and when it gets tough, you got to know how to bring that out of you. You know, like I've never left it. I've never let it be a question for me. You know, I've always just like, this is what we're here. This is what we're doing. You know, even if it gets tough, stay hooked, stay after, keep your head down, keep giving yourself the opportunity to win because it's going to show up. Yeah, this is what we're here. This yes. is what we're doing. We've worked, you know, yep. we believe in it. And that's that's the mindset. Exactly. And it's the mindset mm-hmm. all year. Right? You're, you're a warrior, man. Yeah. I've always, it's kind of probably corny, but I've always thought about it like that. Like, you're a warrior. Like, you've got to be, there's somebody out there that wants it just as bad yeah. or worse. And are you willing to, to keep fighting for it and to keep working at it, you know? And that's kind of... I mean, you can link all this stuff together with work ethic and everything like that, but a lot of it comes into positivity too, man. You yeah. Know, if the, if there's a warrior out there, they don't have, there's not a doubt creeping in. You know, they are, at least in my mind, I think of a warrior and I think if, if there's a warrior that's, that's half-hearted, he probably shouldn't be out there. Yeah. You know, he, like, he ain't going to last long. No. I feel like the guys, the guys that don't even leave it to a question, like this is the way we're going. And there's no, there's no other way. Like we're, we're getting better. We're, we're going to win, you know, we're going to go and we're going to, we're going to go put it together and make a lot of good runs. You know, we've had that conversation. We've, we've been on the phone hyping each other up, you know, before the, say before the summer, you know, we're going to go catch lost tears. We're going to go do our best. We're going to try to make it, you know, feels good, everything right. You know, but it's recreating that like going into the summer or halfway through the summer or whatever. That's that's crazy to think about, but oh, uh, no, it is. I it's it. I don't know if it's crazy. It's a a warrior's mentality, or like that. There's no safety net, or there's mm. no there's no option. No there's no back. second door. This is what you're doing, mm-hmm. and if you can put yourself in that spot, and that's your desire, you know, you can answer that question to yourself. Mm. No, no problem. Like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. I'm not doing anything else. Exactly. And yeah. Even even if we do back off, like even like I went home or whatever last whatever, um, you still know that you're gonna go back at it. Yeah, you're just you know? you're just reloading. Yeah, you're just, just reloading. That's a perfect analogy. Reloading the gun, going yeah. and getting more ammo. Yeah, you're you're looping back around. You're just regrouping, and you're gonna hit it harder next time. Yep. But in the end, we know there's no there's no other way. This is what we're gonna do. Everyone's got. 
everyone's got those dreams and that's what we're doing we've dreamed of this for forever since we were little kids you know everyone everyone's got the goals everyone wants to win more world titles than anybody else you know yeah and well and i think that's you know the older i get the more i think about it the what's the meaning of life and 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 there's a lot of things that you can do and be happy with and a lot of people you can get out there and play it safe Mm -hmm. and safe to some people is going to be defined and you know to a guy that's rodeoing they're they're not playing it safe it doesn't they've they've chosen something that's uh you know it's kind of a dream it's kind Mm -hmm. of this uh you know, mm-hmm. this thing this little kid and I'm wanting to do and, and, and right. try to accomplish that. So, well, man, I appreciate you coming out here. Um, this has been, you know, we've, we've talked about it for a long time. I, I know, I know. <laughs> we just never have put it together. No, it's, it's awesome to be here, man. I've always, I've wanted to come do it. Well, thanks again and good luck this summer. Thanks, dude.